This week on Podcast 17. Not a whole lot of news, but we cover this week's single-player releases, Filefront's recent update, and interview Matt and Aaron from the Shotgun Sunrise team. As a side note, we apologize for the low quality of my audio track. We had some technical difficulties, and it was the best we could do. So stay tuned to Podcast 17. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Podcast 17. This is episode 12737, and it is our very first live broadcast. Um, We're having a little bit of technical difficulties with the live broadcast right now because um, it's a little bit low. Everybody's audio except for Thomas's is low, so hopefully you guys can just deal with it for now, and uh, then we can... We'll, we'll figure it out for next week, we promise. Um, it's just, we had, did this such last minute. Well, not last minute. We set up the site and everything. But uh, we, we set it up. And this is our first kind of real test. Because we needed everybody here. So we'll figure it out for next week. Unfortunately, Emmanuel isn't here today. He skipped out on us. Um, which isn't really a big surprise. He likes skipping out sometimes. But live stream is up. So next week, when you guys are tuning in, all you people who didn't watch the live stream this week, Make sure you go to www.podcast17.com every Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. Click the live stream button um, at the very top, and uh, you can watch live or listen live and uh, converse. There's a little chat room in there. Shout out to the gal, Kibbles, Ryan, Discrate. Um, they're all in there right now just having fun and uh, just like fooling around, I guess. So anyway, um, time to start off with the episode and... Uh, We've already pretty much covered Podcast 17 news. We are doing our live broadcast uh, every Sunday, 10 a.m. Anyway, um, so moving on, straight from the mouth of Valve. And uh, this week, well, actually, first we should probably introduce everybody. I'm sorry. Yes, that would probably be good. I'm sorry. I'm just getting ahead of myself. So anyway, we've got Thomas here. Hi, Thomas. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you almost done school? Because I was uh, I had my last undergraduate class a couple days ago. Last class for me is Wednesday, Wednesday. and then I'm free. Are you free? <laughs> are you free forever? <laughs> are you like done your degree? Oh no, I got two more years of that junk. Oh, see, I'm actually done. I'm going to Toronto next year. Nuts to you. Yeah. And you're done universityness. I know. Anyway, also this week we have Matt and Aaron. Um, from the Shotgun Sunrise team, how you guys doing? Hey, how's it going? Very, very good. Thanks for having us. Oh, no problem. We were talking about Sh- Shotgun Sunrise last week, and uh, it was only fitting to have you on this week. So, um, we're glad. It is a pleasure. <laughs> we're glad you guys came. Your leader isn't here, though. He skipped out. Uh, yeah. no, he's a dirty Australian, and uh, he's it's like three a.m. for him right now. Yeah, on Monday morning. I'm still not sure how that quite that works out, but. Apparently he's probably actually listening this. You've already you've already released it. And he's actually listening to it right now. I I think. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. how that quite works. Some kind of it has it has caused some major problems with us uh, coordinating certain tests with the mod because our days are all different. <laughs> show up a day late, and whatnot. You know, we've had Australian guests on the show before, and they haven't complained. Although, I well, think- the copper's a different breed, I guess. <laughs> I think I think they just deal with the whole late night thing. 
anyway, so yeah, moving on. Learn to be nocturnal. <laughs> moving on. Now we can move on to straight from the mouth of valve. Now that I'm not getting ahead of myself, feels a lot more natural now. Um, Left for Dead blog posted a whole bunch of details on the uh, verses and matchmaking system. Um, they are going to sort of up the ante on their matchmaking system, meaning uh, people will be able to locate teams for the versus matches. And this is sort of something we were talking about last week with the um, with the uh, Decadence team and how they're doing sort of matchmaking and uh, stat tracking. Um, the Left for Dead team is sort of going in this direction in that you will be able to find people or a certain team, sort of like a clan, and uh, play with a certain team instead of just finding randoms, which is a little bit better um, than what I think they're doing right now. And they're talking about the new SDK and a whole bunch of other things. Nothing really new except for that whole matchmaking feature, but uh, that's definitely a very cool feature that they're coming out with, and we hope we hope it, it keeps people returning to Left 4 Dead. Do you guys play Left 4 Dead over in the Shotgun Sunrise team? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah? You guys always play with each yeah. other? No, actually, I don't think I've ever played with either of these two guys. Um, I have my own little group of friends that we play with, although recently uh, it's mainly been Shotgun Sunrise showing up on my screen. Not a lot of Left 4 Dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> For sure. So anyway, that's it from Street from the Mouth of Valve. Um, once again, not much. Not much this week. So it's gonna, it, this might be a really short episode. Anyway, moving on. Um, portal releases. Only one real portal release. Um, there are two listed on our agenda, but uh, I'm just going to ignore the other one. This is kind of shitty. Um, portal WP Beta. This is coming from FPS Banana. And uh, this is an alright map. Um, very easy, actually. Um, but if you like portal maps, I'm sure you would enjoy it. Um, expect to play probably about 10 minutes of this map, and then you'll be done. Nothing too special. Nothing too crazy. So... Uh, that is actually the portal releases. That's it. Um, moving on to Left 4 Dead. There's some Left 4 Dead news, uh, which we put into the agenda. And uh, there's a hack that people are doing on the internet for Left... It's on. This is on Left 4 Dead mods. And um, it allows for 12 player slots. Four survivors, four infected, and four spectators. But they were able to make it so that you can have, like, five survivors and, like, five infected and multiple bills and multiple Zoes and and the likes. And uh, this link here that, that will be in the show notes and in the, uh, the link for the podcast will outline how you can do it yourself, um, sort of the custom configuration you need for all that, and, uh, you know, all those goodies so that you can play with, like, five people if you always have that one extra person. So, um the sound sound is good now, apparently. But they hear double me on the live stream. So, I don't know. Thomas is doing something. Keep it up, Thomas. <laughs> All right, moving right along on uh, Left 4 Dead. There's a new mod out, um, not released, but uh, getting a lot of hype right now called IHateMountains.com. Their slogan is no camping, no marshmallows, no hope. I love it. Um, they're going to be making their own little Left 4 Dead campaign when the SDK comes out. You guys need to check this out if you are a Left 4 Dead fan. Um, they have an FAQ up there. They sort of have, you know, read about the campaign. Um, they got some news posts up there. Very beautiful screenshots. I cannot wait for this. Um, obviously they're playing. They're playing off of the whole 
I hate everything foundation of Left 4 Dead. Um, so, where Francis says, I hate blank, I hate blank, I hate blank. Um, it's coming from the same people who did Portal Prelude, which is big, big news because Portal Prelude was probably one of the best mods for Portal. And, uh, I mean, that just means I Hate Mountains will be the uh, best mod for Left 4 Dead, obviously, through implication. Um, so anyway, moving on, one Left 4 Dead release this week, um, only one map that I could find, and it is, uh, Alpha Master, uh, Alpha Master Beta. Yeah, Alpha Master Beta. Um, not sure why it's called that, sort of sounds like masturbator um but it actually looks pretty cool the fog is a little bit crappy from what i can tell in the screenshots i wasn't able to play this um it might be a little bit short but uh, it looks like it's worth a play i would suggest downloading it if you like sort of left for dead custom maps but otherwise if you don't then stay away from it wait for the spk to come out so anyway has anybody been playing any left for dead maps and maybe anybody from the shotgun sunrise team I wish I had time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. You guys were really busy with all your modding, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, yeah with all yeah, our just... fixing. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Imagine how much work that is. All right, so moving on to the release list. Um, Thomas, did you play anything from the release list? Uh, Yes, Deadshift Beta 2. Why don't you tell us about Deadshift, since you're kind of quiet right now. Okay. Unless, unless you're busy, then we can come back to you. No, no, no. I was I, I was just screwing around with the stream, and I think, knock on wood, it's fixed. Right. We'll see. Perfect. Um, but yeah, piece of junk. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but they didn't do anything right from step one. This is supposed to be a mod, right? But when you download it. Um, all it is is two directories, a map directory, and something else in the opposing force wad included. So when you go to dump it into your Half-Life directory and go to restart Steam, there's uh, no list gam.gam, so it doesn't appear in the Steam list. So I had to copy and paste another uh, list gam file from another mod, drop it in, rename it so it appeared in the list, and then when I finally went to play it, it crashed <laughs> like six times. But and once I finally got in, I'm like, this was totally not worth all the effort that I had to go through to get it to play. And it's not like I'm going to be the only person that has to do this either. See, I think like out of the go ahead. Uh, the the Dead Shift team did something horribly wrong in that they released a demo before this demo. This was an update to their previous demo, which a lot of people probably didn't understand, including yourself. Um, you actually had to download the previous demo, install that, and then update the previous demo with the files that uh, that came with the update. So you, you basically build upon the old directory structure. Either and way, there's nothing, nothing on ModDB to tell you that. There's no readme file. So nuts to them. I know. They, they made a big mistake in doing that. Nice. And, uh, you know, the original demo wasn't that great. Did you actually get to play it then? Did you at least get to see the map or anything? No. No. I'm not disappointed either. I'm just like, it's not worth my time. All right, fair enough. Minus one. Did you, Minus play, one. Did you play anything else from the release list this week? 
all of course Shotgun Sunrise. Yeah, yeah, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so anyway, moving on to the release list, um, Betrayal was uh, a lot of posts from Planet Philip this week, so we're going to be talking about Planet Philip a lot. Um, Betrayal was the first one, and uh, it takes place apparently after Episode 2. features Gordon Freeman and two rebel accomplices breaking into the Combine Control prison, hoping to use the mysterious re-emergence of Dr. Brain as a diversion. Very short map, um, but actually quite entertaining from, from, what, I, from what I experienced. Um, you basically start in this prison complex, you have to break out, um, knock on some pipes and stuff, and then somebody opens a, uh, a laser gate, and then you have to go break out all your buddies. Uh, the combine sort of ambush you and then break out. It's about a five to ten minute map. That's how short it is. But it's actually quite enjoyable. Um, if you don't want to waste bandwidth, I guess, then avoid it. But there's no other real reason, in my opinion, to avoid it, unless you don't like these, these sort of maps. Um, next on the release list is Trapped. And this was actually kind of fun. This was something a little bit different than what we're used to in terms of the Half-Life 2, Episode 2 or Episode 1, or just straight up Half-Life 2 custom maps. You are essentially trapped in a building. And uh, around the building, on the ground level, on outside of the building, there are rebels fighting Combine. And your job is to actually shoot weapons and ammo and uh, supplies to the rebels and to the, so that they can fight the Combine. And you have a sort of tick meter, so it shows how many how many rebels are still alive. If you lose your rebels, you lose the map. And then finally, at the end, you have to fight this you know the the, the helicopter, the, the attack helicopter, with a rocket launcher from the from the top of the building. Quite enjoyable. Once again, a short map, five to ten minutes before you're uh, before you're really done. But it's just different, and that's that's sort of what I like about it. Um, so next next on the list is uh, target practice. And uh, this is once again from Planet Philip. He posted a lot of stuff this week. And uh, this really wasn't that great. Um, it had some pretty cool puzzles, but they weren't done too well. Essentially, all you have is the grab gun. And uh, you have to use the enemies to progress through the map. So, for example, there's a wall that has to be broken with an explosive. But um, you don't have any explosives. So you have to make it so that a combine throws a grenade at you, you pick up the grenade with the grab gun, shoot it at the wall, and the wall explodes. All said and done. Um, in the next room, there's some uh, hunters. And you have to get the hunters to shoot something while you, like, you have to distract the hunters, move out of the way so that they shoot something behind you. Quite a cool concept, but in my opinion, not really done that properly. Could have done, been done a lot better. So we'll see. Um, maybe the author will release something a little bit better, but, uh, Matt, Philip put it in the Hall of Fame, must, must play, like, a six out of five, I'm not really sure why, but he must have really liked it. Um, anyway, um, also coming from Planet Philip, let me just open up my links here, um, is Opposing Force Ravenholm. Now, I sent Philip this link, um, a couple days ago, because it was on FPS Banana, and uh, what it did was it replaced a lot of your Half-Life 2 files, and I wasn't really comfortable with this. So I emailed Philip and I said, hey, um, you know, take this stuff and make it into a mod, because he's good at making, you know, single-player maps into mods. And he did just that, so you can download it from Planet Philip. Don't download, download it from FPS Banana. Now, I haven't played it yet, but it looks really, really great. And uh, Philip gave it a 4 to 5, which is a pretty good mark. He said, uh, worth the effort. Screenshots look great. Um... 
apparently you play in Ravenholm, um, but you don't play as Gordon Freeman. You play as Corporal um, Adrian Shepard. And for those who remember, Corporal Adrian Shepard is from Opposing Force. And uh, you find yourself in the canals, you break into Ravenholm. Kind of a cool twist, combining different uh, storylines and, and, and different story arcs into one game. But uh, definitely worth the download, in my opinion, just by looking at the screenshots. So definitely check that out. And then lastly, from Planet Philip, there's another map as well. I'm just sort of digging it out, going against my agenda here. It's called No Escape. And uh, Philip said everybody should play this. He also emailed me again. We had a lot of talking this week. And uh, he gave it uh, a 5 out of 5. And the screenshots look great. After many wars between the humans and the Combine, most of the technology is destroyed. So people and Combine join forces against the only unaffected enemy, the undead. Of course, not everyone is so happy about having the Combine as a friend, and you are one of those people. Your goal is to escape the prison. You are thrown in and make your way to freedom. So that's a pretty cool concept. You're rebels and Combine fighting together against one cause. Um, so check that out. And lastly, on the release list, before we get to uh, before we get to Shotgun Sunrise, is Intern's Story. Now, Thomas, are you here right now? Yes, I am. Tell us why. I mean, I asked you earlier on in the week if you played Intern's Story, but you said you avoided it. Why did you avoid it? Uh, to be honest, it really didn't look to be something that I would even remotely enjoy. Like, uh, what was that? I'm trying to remember the name of that one in the haunted house, the voodoo one. Oh, Deja Voodoo. Yeah, Deja Voodoo. Like that was that was probably as far out of my comfort zone when it comes to something of that nature. Like as soon as I read on the mod DB profile there was no combat, I was like, uh But is it more like a kind of an interactive fiction kind of thing? Yeah, it was more like that. And I remember we played one or a game, I can't remember the name. That one was a while ago, the one with the island with all the circuit diagrams on it. Oh, uh, Dear Esther. See, so you know all the names. <laughs> like, Dear Esther was alright, but that was, you know, a concept that I've never even heard of. This kind of seemed a little recycled, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try and play something else like Shotgun Sunrise, which I actually might enjoy. <laughs> Instead of being the negative guy on the show all the time, I was like, no, I want something fun to talk about, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. um, I played Intern Story. I didn't play the newest Intern Story. People are asking for my head crab hat back. I'll put my head crab back. Here we go. Okay. So, I actually played Intern Story, but I didn't play the newest Intern Story. It's, uh, it's a two-part series so far. I, I'm assuming they're going to add more parts, because a lot of people like this sort of mystery, thriller, no weapons, you know, solve the puzzles sort of thing. Um, I played the first part, and I couldn't get out of the second room. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe I couldn't find the key. But I actually had to no-clip past the door because I just got so confused. And I, I kind of had fun with this. I, I sort of like these maps. I know you don't, Thomas, and, and it takes a certain person to like these sort of mystery science thrillers. It's like mist, mist almost, you know? Um, there are some spooky atmospheres, but I haven't played Intern Story Part 2 yet. And I expect it to be at at the same level. Actually, the screenshots look a little bit better. It looks like it has a little bit better of a presentation. Um, because, you know, they sort of have the experience riding off of part one. So, um, I would suggest if you like the sort of uh, Dear Esther, as we said, or uh, Deja Voodoo maps that we've talked about before on the show, 
definitely download Intern Story. I don't think it's getting enough publicity, though, on ModDB. I mean, they released, um, you know, a, a 170 meg version of, you know, an, an awesome mod, really. Very well polished and well produced, and it didn't make the front page. So there's, right now, there's not a lot of people out there knowing much about uh, about Intern Story. And I'm, I'm just trying to make it uh, make it available for, for our demographic to let people know about it. Because I think it's pretty fun. I mean, it, you have to like it. You have to you have to really like the uh, the sort of the sort of mystery thriller. So anyway, um, that's intern story. Next on the release list is of course Shotgun Sunrise Update version 1.5. Now before Ooh. before we go into interviewing you guys, do you guys want to tell us what's new in 1.5? Just so that, and then we'll come back to Shotgun Sunrise. I'll leave that to Aaron. Okay. Oh boy, I. <laughs> you know, we've had so many releases in the past few weeks uh, just for bug fixing stuff. Okay, let's see. Um, so we've got, um, you know, just uh, this packages up all of, you know, our original um, release and, you know, all the assets and everything with it. Plus, um, you know, every fix we've made up so far, you know, since we did our initial release a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so a lot of the uh, a lot of the crash bugs, you know, that we found and been diligently reported by the player base thanks guys um that we've uh, we've we've discovered most of those the sources of them fixed um we uh made some tweaks to uh some of the weapons to help uh fix up some of the damages on them um what else matt what el what else we got um as far as visual things we uh let's see i, I moved the rifle closer because the uh the other guy we actually had that made that rifle he put it uh, i don't know it looked like you were holding it about four feet out in front of you to begin with so uh I just kind of pulled that back. Um, other than that, let's see. Did we? Did you mention the uh, the zombie ragdolls were way off? The uh, the bodies were landing in strange positions, so I went and I fixed that up. But uh, mostly just visual things. Got the uh, the crashes pretty much under control. There's still a couple things we got to take care of, but huge improvement over our first release. Yeah, Lacabra spent a good amount of time um, on the map getting the uh, getting some of the you know, places where you could clip out and, you know, things fix up. There's still some issues with it here and there, but we're going to, we're going to clean those up as we, as we see them. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll, we'll return to uh, shotgun sunrise. I just wanted to, anybody who was listening and wanted to know what the update was about. Uh, there you go. Um, now we're going to get over to the media blitz. And uh, I just wanted to mention this off limits mod because this is sort of a new decadence to me. Um, I mean, decadence is out. And it was one of those mods where you're like, wow, this, this mod is going to be great. It's so visually appealing. It just looks so awesome. Now that Decadence is out, I want something else to look forward to um, that's visual, visually appealing. And to me, that's off limits. And they just released um, sort of a new trailer uh, that is that you can watch. And it's on their website, offlimits.be. You can just Google Off Limits Half-Life, and I'm sure you'll find it. You can watch your trailer. Awesome trailer has some good has a really really good soundtrack. They're just showing off sort of their internal playtest, which looks awesome. Um, I can't wait for this mod. It's it's basically it from what it looks like. It's a it's a deathmatch. It's a deathmatch e mod that sort of uh, steampunk, steam future punk. I don't know much more other than that. All I know is that it looks beautiful. You need to watch this trailer and uh, check it out because it looks cool. And they got like sort of it's all they're basing themselves around heavies and like heavy weapons. Um, they call them the juggernauts, I believe. Um, so anyway, check it out. 
my new most anticipated visually appealing mod because uh, because Decadence is out right now. Um, next on our media blitz is a Black Sector interview, and we talk about Black Sector a lot because they always release sweet, sweet concept art. And uh, they were interviewed by uh, who interviewed them? I have no idea. I have no idea who interviewed them. But uh, they had a developer interview with some group. I guess it's SDC, whatever whatever that means. What's SDC? I don't know. Maybe Ryan from ModDB knows. <laughs> but uh, but they they talked about uh, you know what their mod's about. Uh, you know how their team works. How long the mod will be, sort of the length. Um, do they plan on releasing a demo, which they do plan on releasing a demo, so so you don't have to read the interview. Um, what other mods are they working on? Uh, what kind of tips they can give to mod developers? Sort of, sort of, kind of the same interviews we do here on Podcast Seventeen. So if you're a developer or um, uh, you know a gaming connoisseur, you definitely enjoy this interview. You get a lot of information about. Uh, get a lot of information about Black Sector. And Ryan says Source Developers Club. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. That's what SDC stands for, Source Developers Club. Um, and lastly, on our Media Blitz, is the Firearms Source Vehicles. If uh, Emmanuel was here today, he would say, who cares, they're never going to release anyway. But uh, That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but it, it's, it's interesting just to look at their media. You know, if they don't release, maybe they'll give the media to somebody else. They got some pretty cool vehicles up on here. They look beautiful. Um, they have sort of like a tank model, a truck model, um, some Jeeps, some trucks, uh, some civilian trucks, I should say. And then finally, their April Fool's joke. They have uh, a tricycle and a bicycle with weapons mounted on them. They still look pretty cool. I hope they implement them. That'd be kind of funny. It'll, it might ruin the, the realism of their mod. But either way, it's out there. Um... So that's the end of Media Blitz. Uh, so topic of the week, moving right along. Like I said, this might be a short episode. Um, Diosis. But I was told I don't. That's not how you pronounce it. Nick was trying to. Nick said it sounds like thesis, only without the th. So esis. Is that how you pronounce it, Nick? No esis. No esis. Okay. No esis and Valve are finally together. Um, they're sort of starting. A source development curriculum, um, and it's called the addition to the curriculum at Source U, assuming Source University. Um, I'm just going to read the first paragraph here. Today, Noesis Interactive announced an agreement with Valve Corporation to provide Source U developers with educational content, including curriculum, lecture material, and uh, assessment aids for six game development classes downloadable through Steam, a leading platform in the distribution management of PC games. Blah, 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 blah. We all know what Steam is. So basically, the educational classes um, for development will include introduction to content creation and level design, beginning character design, level design and scripting, mod programming, um, advanced character design, and Makama, which is awesome because now uh, Noesis is going to be producing Valve-related content. And I know we all know we've talked about Noesis before. Um, they are great in providing video tutorials and text tutorials on uh, certain tools such as Maya or 3D Studio Max. But now they're going to be offering Valve-specific content, which is great because uh, there's a lot of people up there who, who have sort of problems with the coding aspect of things. And I don't know if Shotgun Sunrise, you guys can attest to this. 
But uh, I think people who are just getting in development could pick up these Noesis tutorials. Maybe pay a couple, pay a couple bucks and uh, get these specific tutorials. Is this something you guys well, I can are absolutely? At? I was just saying I, I can absolutely see some use to that. I mean, I, I, I mean, Matt can attest to this. I mean, we spent I don't know how many how many hours just figuring out how to get stuff to God. work. Just just in general. <laughs> I mean, Matt, I, I, how much time do you spend just trying to get models to compile correctly out of Maya? Yeah, just just learning was probably yeah. I, I would say sixty percent of what I was doing. I mean, um, Maya tutorials are I'd say few and far between compared to three D Max tutorials when you go online. Um, a lot of it was trial and error. So having that up there would be a huge asset to the Maya guys out there. Mm -hmm. And what what this means is Noesis can also sell um, this, this content will also be available for purchase through Noesis. But they can also sell it to um, schools around the world, so they can sell it to, uh, you know, the University of Windsor, where I am, because we have a game development program, and people can buy these tutorials mm -hmm. from them, these sort of lecture things and uh, these educational materials, which is great, because I think they do a really good job, uh, because they're already very well versed in it. So I think it's a good good addition, um, and it just, it just helps strengthen the uh, source community, you know? Anyway, that's that. And uh, last on topic of the week, Filefront is not shutting down. They have changed their stance. They have been rebought by Ziff Davis Media. Originally, they were owned by Ziff Davis Media, and then uh, I guess they they parted their ways. I'm not sure how that worked. But now Ziff Davis Media has bought them back, so Filefront is back to its original owners. Um, they will not be shutting down. It is not an April Fool's joke. Not, none of this was an April Fool's joke, which I didn't think it was. But uh, it's good to see that Filefront is back online. And Because last week we were sort of Correction. talking about... What's that? Correction. Correction. Yeah, you made a tiny bit of a mistake. They, the original founders of Filefront bought it back from Ziff Davis Media. Oh, Ziff okay, Davis. So, that's the, okay. My understanding is that Ziff Davis Media did not buy it back from them. Oh, okay. They bought it back from Ziff Davis Media because before there used to be a whole bunch of copyright information on the bottom uh, to uh, Ziff Davis Media, which is all gone now, so that means they don't own it anymore. Oh, yeah, I read that wrong. You're right. They bought it back from Ziff Davis Media. Okay. All right, so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there, though, because um, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you assume that Ziff Davis Media would be you know, a, a larger corporation than just a couple of independents? Well, that depends how wealthy those independents are. That's true, too. Yeah, maybe they got a lot of money from this Davis Media. <laughs> maybe they pulled together their, like, salaries to, you know, buy the media server. X, Y, Z. <laughs> anyway, it's good. It's good that Filefront isn't leaving um, because a lot of people were upset. And, uh, you know, it, it was sort of the last area you can go to get files without waiting in some sort of stupid queue. So, well, I'm happy. I'm happy that Filefront's back online, and uh, we're we're not going to be losing it. Definitely a good uh, a good asset to the Half-Life community. Ryan says Filefront is back, but for how long? Just goes to show you that you should distribute your files everywhere to ensure they stick around. I think that's a great, um, you know, that's some great advice. For example, I know ModDB. They have their files on multiple places, not just Filefront, and even Plant Philip as well. Um, he just actually has a new mirror. I think it's called Mod Site or Mod File or Mod something. Um, he moved all his files over there as well. 
Um, and Andy just said, the more upload sites, the better. Another great piece of advice. If you are a mod development team, don't stick to one media. And by all means, don't you know rely on just your own internal mirrors. You need to get your files out to external mirrors all over. Um, the, the faster you spread, the faster the word of your mod will spread too. One perfect example is Sven Co-op. You go to the Sven Co-op site and uh, you know go to download their mod, download 4.0b. There's tons and tons of mirrors for Sven Co-op 4.0. There, there must be like 20 mirrors here. It's just ridiculous. So, uh, and always as a last resort, put your put your mod on a torrent, and make sure your torrent's always seated as well, just in case you know the internet dies, <laughs> and uh, or HTTP dies. So, um, don't just rely on one site. But we're glad FileFront is still online because I get awesome download speeds from FileFront. So anyway, that's it for the show, except for Shotgun Sunrise. So uh, let's get on with the interview. We have uh, Aaron and Matt here, as we've introduced before. Aaron, what, hey. is, what is your hey. nickname online, Aaron? Uh, I am also known as Slapdash. Slapdash. And and uh, Matt is also known as Remington. That's right. Yeah. So how would you guys tell us what your mod's about, for those who don't know what Shotgun Sunrise is? Uh, well, Matt, give it a shot. All right, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Basically, you are a small band of cowboys in the zombie apocalypse. Um, and as all small bands of cowboys intend to do, your goal is to ride on into town on your trusty steed, in this case, a big blue truck, and acquire some booze and your uh, weapon stash. Uh, there's also going to be a couple of survivors in the town who need some uh, some good cowboy loving i guess you need to be converted to the the cowboy ways and then once again escape from town and have a good old cowboy time i guess uh it's worth mentioning that these cowboys are a bit flamboyant uh so there's there's gonna be a good time all around (laughs) well now where did you guys get the idea of having zombie fighting flamboyant cowboys who need to ride into town to get, you know, sort of a mission objective based thing. Well, I think it was, it was, um, you know, this started out as a lot of mods start out and die on, uh, you know, on, on gaming forums as you know, you see all those, all the time, those posts, you know, who wants to make a mod kind of thing, you know, and you get a lot of big flurry of activity for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and then it kind of dies out. And so, you know, there was one of these Lacabra threw up a, a thread on the penny arcade forums and uh, which was just this, you know, he said, who wants to make a source mod? And so, uh, you know, a lot of volunteers, a lot of people, you know, jumping in and saying, hey, you know, I, I'd like to help out and see what I can do. And, you know, I was Matt and I were, you know, one of those people and, uh, you know, solely through uh, attrition through the, you know, through the through the couple of weeks and months, you know, all the time that we've been working on it kind of boiled down to us three. Uh, being the, the core group and it, but but you know getting immense amount of help from the penny arcade guys uh, you know from the the forumers there who uh, you know who threw in uh, a lot of good work you know couldn't have done it without them uh, but I think the concept kind of grew a little bit organically I mean I think his, it was uh, a lot of just his original post was actually who wants to make a mod I'm thinking cowboys and zombies yeah that was, there we that go. was the whole thread that, that was it that that was the original thought and then kind of the actual the actual structure of it kind of just kind of grew over time. We kind of 
thought up some ideas, you know, do we want to use vehicles, you know, how do, what's, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be, you know, just straight, um, you know, kill the zombies and get out, or is it going to be objective based or, you know, how, how's it all going to work? And it, you know, it, it really just, yeah, I guess it just grew organically over time. You know, it's not something that we just all sat down and said, you know, we need to do X, Y, and Z and that's it. You know, we had it, it was, it was kind of, as we got ideas and if they, if they seemed to work, we just kind of stuck with them and kept developing them. Mm-hmm. Now, how long has been, has this idea been in inception? It's, it's been uh, more than a year now. So probably a little over. Yeah. Yeah. About 14 months or so. It was, it was around last January, February, where everything really got, uh, really got kicked off as in January, February of, of 08. Um, and where we really started doing some work. And and really, I think for, for the m- most part, everybody who's been involved with this never really had done anything like this before. You know, maybe had played around doing some models, maybe had played around doing some maps, maybe some coding, but not yeah. Yeah, well, nothing Cabra and myself, we both, uh, we both have been involved in those, um, you know, thrown together mod teams. Um, you know, and then something goes wrong and everybody quits and you're, you're left with the, uh, the uh, renders of your weapons and then that's it. So I think that's, that would be what we had going for us before this started. And then once we got going, I think we all kind of sat down and said, we're going to like, the three of us want to see this happen. We're going to make it happen. Uh, mm-hmm. We were the guys that want to stay with it. Um, you know, we'd get like uh, Aaron said earlier, we get uh, a couple guys would come in they'd, give us a couple models and then they decide that, you know, uh, you know, my life's too busy. I can't be like a core guy and they leave. So we'd, we'd circle through guys like constantly, the three of us would stay and we just kind of kept it going. That was our, our main goal is to just finish it pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just keep the movement, keep the, you know, it, there were, there were periods of time where we didn't really have a lot of productivity, uh, you know, just because, you know, life caught up with some of us and then, but then, you know, we'd always circle back and, and we'd have, you know, a couple of weeks where we just had a big flurry of, of updates and activity and then we you know we kind of get back on track and then and just keep going at it and that's that's kind of the with these community-based you know odds is you know if it's just a bunch of guys off the internet you've got to be flexible you've got to have you've got to know that you know this is not going to happen overnight and but if you keep working at it eventually you're going to get something out there that's playable yeah um now how do you guys respond to the uh, to the notion that there are tons of zombie mods out there right now because of the popularity of Left 4 Dead? How do you guys feel <laughs> as uh, you know, a, um, you know, just another fish in the pond, so to speak? You know, uh, when we started, our goal was never to, you know, compete with the other mods out there. We weren't saying, you know, okay, there's there's these zombie mods. Let's see what they're doing. Let's try to do it better and let's be original. Our, um, I think our actual idea was to just make something fun and i think what really got us going was the second time left for dead got delayed we kind of said hey let's let's make our own zombie mod you know <laughs> like we still want to shoot at zombies left for dead's getting delayed a few months let's let's go uh do something re- related to zombies um as far as the other mods out there though i mean i honestly have only played zombie panic and you know i love it um, but we did want to do something different, but we didn't want to, um, we don't, we didn't want to put ourselves in the same categories then. we really wanted to be not just a zombie mod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you guys are really mission based, which is what a lot of, uh, you know, current zombie mods are lacking. Um, and I enjoy that. Yeah. And that's, 
that's one of the things, especially making it um, uh, cooperative, is you kind of have to give everybody a reason to kind of go old, everybody go towards the same thing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit too nebulous as far as what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was the point. It's not just go out and kill everybody and then see who which side has the most points at the end of it, but actually get everybody working together to go to go do something. Right. Thomas? Okay, I have a question. Um, there's a few, there's already a few weapons in the, in the mod, you know, good, good variety so far. But when, when are we going to see the vehicle-mounted steam-powered Gatling gun that shoots railroad spikes? <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. Uh, maybe do a little research on the, on the history of that. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we do have plans for uh, expanding our weapons. Um, the idea gets tossed around every once in a while. Um, the main issue I think we're trying to get over is... Um, the spread of weapons we have, you know, we have the pump action, the double barrel, the, uh, the rifle, it's, it's, it's a pretty wide variety right there. Um, we want to come up with new things. Um, we've been tossing around the idea of having two pistols take the place of a single, um, you know, like rifle type weapon. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to try to go with that, maybe come up with some crazier concepts, uh, you know, stray away from the uh, the realistic weapon thing and uh maybe we'll see some uh some rail shooting weapon or vehicle mounts. Yeah, that might be interesting to see something. Especially creative. if it shoots railroad spikes instead of bullets, that would be Yeah. That would add to anti realism. Okay. Um one question one question that I had um is one thing that really stands out in your mod is sort of the voice acting. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the voice <laughs> yes. acting? Because it sounds so professional. That is that is the amazing Captain K uh, from from Infinity <laughs> Arcade forums. He's a this is a mod or uh, a moderator on one of the uh, I think the Games and Technology forum. I don't know if he if he if he's on the other ones, but he he jumped in and just, you know uh, Lacabra just made up a, a big list of of lines for him to do, and he just I mean they were just out of the park. All all of them were great. I I think I don't think there was anything. That he sent that we didn't use in one way or another. Uh, yeah, it was just fabulous, and it's one of those things where, you know, you get the right people. You get the right people who get excited about what you're doing, and you will get some amazing stuff from the community if you're if you're open to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's what it was. It was just kind of in our fell in our lap, and you know, he said, you know, hey, I'd like to like to do some lines for you guys, and uh, you know, we he was he posted up a few a few examples and you know it was just perfect it was exactly what we needed and we even built in a few things that we weren't even thinking of doing like you know we wanted to do the voice acting from the beginning but we weren't really sure you know the quality and how much we could get and we built in a whole series of voice menus just off of what he did because we could because because of of what he gave us it was great that's good and so um do you guys think that that outsourcing kind of helped you i mean last week when we were talking to the decadence, we were talking about outsourcing, and they also sort of outsource their audio. Do you think more mod development groups should try to find, you know, sort of a professional audio developer just for their audio, and have that done externally? I would, I would say, yeah. I mean, the uh, the good thing about the way we did it, and that is hosting and you know posting all our things on the Penny Arcade forums. Is there's such a huge amount of people that could see what we were doing. Um, so like. Like the cons of that is that you get a lot of people who say I want to help and then you know they never show up. But the the pro to that is that you know um, 
finding a good voice actor or something along that lines is is almost impossible. And I've played so many mods where you know everything's good, and then you hear a voice, and it's just like, oh, you know, like this. It's like you know, some guy went and got his brother and said, hey, can you say some stuff in this microphone for me? <laughs> so I mean, I would say if if somebody has the means of finding some really good voice actors and they're trying to make a mod that requires voices. Um, by all means, do what you can to find somebody who can really pull it off because it helps immensely. Yeah, and it's all about finding, figuring out what your strengths are as a team, and then uh, you know, actively pursuing the places that you know you don't have the best skills in. And you know, audio was definitely one that you know we didn't have. You know, we between the three of us, we could handle the modeling, the mapping, and the coding. Um, and then you know, with with the great help of everybody else who contributed uh, bits and pieces, you know, kind of assemble all that together uh, yeah it's really it's really really understanding what your what your weaknesses are and where you need the help and then you know just throwing it up and saying hey guys we need help uh, you know what can you do for us you know just just give us anything and then you know if you find if you find a gym just run with it all right so in terms of I guess I, I, I get to ask all the core questions here about like gameplay and mechanics um, are we going to be seeing, like, uh, I know it might be kind of hard because you've got a really good thing going right now. I'm not suggesting that you should, but are we going to be seeing, you know, a variety of different types of zombies, like, in behaviors, like, ones that might be able to, I know this would be probably really hard to code, but it'd be kind of sweet if they, like, tried to pull you out of a truck or something. Like, if they got too close, or if your driver wasn't well defended by one of your passengers, that they might be vulnerable to attack or something like that. Yeah, I think that was that was one thing I think we were trying to work on initially was, um, you know, how do you, because really, I mean, at this point when you're in the truck, you're almost invulnerable. If they get if they get a beat on you, they can they can they can take you out pretty quick. But um, there's not a lot of um, I think that the interactions with the truck and the driver and the passengers and the rest of the world, other than the truck just being, you know, a way to get from point A to point B and then, you know, maybe running over a bunch of zombies on on your way there. Um, you know, it, I think we need, we need to put some work into that. Um, it, it would be great if we could, if we come up with ways to, you know, have that interaction between the zombies and the, and the people in the truck a little bit, a little bit cleaner and make it a little bit, um, make you have to really think about where you're driving, where you put the truck at, because if you just park in, in the middle of a bunch of zombies, you're going to get in trouble pretty fast. <laughs> and in fact, that is one of the reasons we, uh, we ended up at the end of the mod have the, you know, the truck breaks down and you have to uh, hoof it across town um, was that being in the truck really does, um, as Aaron said, make you invincible. We really needed to get them out of the truck for a portion of the game to, uh, to fight the zombies one-on-one. We also have uh, plans for sort of boss type zombies that would only show up. Like for example, uh, at, the power facility, there would be a boss zombie there. Um, we have, I actually modeled something out and we sent it off to a guy and then he didn't finish the uh, animations we had to do. But we do want to do things like that that vary up the zombies so that you're not just shooting the same thing the whole time. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think you guys have a great thing going for you um, in terms of sort of you're using the truck as a, as a, as a sort of, it, it's almost like there's multiple maps in one and the truck is sort of the transition between maps, you know. Um, yeah. But it's all in one, one generic environment. Um, one question that I that I wanted to ask, and once again about the truck, is a lot of mods have problems with sort of vehicle code and uh, mm-hmm. dealing with 
you know, vehicles and latency issues. Um, how are you guys addressing that right now? And uh, what sort of stumbling blocks are you running into? Well, it's still definitely an issue. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of just core to the whole source engine um, is, you know, and there have been mods that have come and gone that have tried to address the issues the best they could and, you know, really didn't get anywhere. It is, uh, it's, it's difficult because, you know, the server needs to be able to keep track of certain things and the clients need to be able to very, very accurately represent what the server showing. And that means, that means stuff that has to be sent over the wire. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is definitely probably some, um, some, you know, some things we can do to help that out. I don't know uh, where the limit is. Um, luckily, we're not making a whole vehicle-based mod. You know, we don't have a ton of vehicles running around on the map. And whether or not the truck is, you know, within a few milliseconds responsive is not a huge deal just because, you know, it's kind of a get from point A to point B sort of thing. It's not, you know, a big precision, precision driving kind of mod thing. So it, luckily... I, I think maybe a little bit with the way we're using it, we can we can skirt around some of those issues. Um, but you know, as as we see things and as we figure out ways to optimize, you know, we're definitely going to do it. Sort but it's it's a sticky situation because it's it's tough to do. Yeah, it's sort of knowing your limitations, you know. That's exactly. What it sounds like. Um, another thing, kind of going on a different uh, different tangent here is is maps and uh, your map your your mod, I should say is very map oriented without without a proper mm -hmm. properly designed map your mod is really nothing um so right now there's a lot of people going into your mod playing playing the the only map that exists and saying oh well i played the the map that comes with the mod so there's nothing else for me to do i think yeah um how are you guys addressing that or do you have more maps planned in the future or maybe community driven maps opening up an sdk or something exactly Actually, yeah yeah go ahead matt yeah um Actually, like ten minutes before the show started, uh, Lacabra was heading off to bed. But we uh, we had just had a conversation about where we're gonna take this um, after this map is you know bug free. Uh, Lacabra has some ideas for where he wants the map to go. Um, but yeah, we are definitely gonna start doing uh, new maps, new visuals, not styles, but areas. Um, and we want to. We want to make the next map smaller. Uh, the, the current map is enormous, and Lacabra's the only guy working on it. It's uh, it's quite a bit he has on his plate. So for our next map, we're going to make it smaller. We want to have it more contained so he can get it out quicker. We don't want it to take another year. Um, but on top of that, he's also going to be releasing some example maps on how we get the uh, the truck to work with the objectives and all that. And he's gonna it's just going to be like a box with the truck in it and the objectives so that the community can go ahead and take this truck, slap it in their custom map and go from there. And hopefully we'll come up with some really cool maps. Yeah, we made a, a good number of custom entities to, to handle the objectives and the compass points and things like that. And all those are completely configurable by the mapper. So uh, we're going to be building, working on a, uh, a kind of a guide to all those and how those work, plus an example map. And, you know, hopefully before too long, we'll have that out so people can start working on them. One thing that I noticed with Shotgun Sunrise, and you guys talk about how big your map, your current map is, and I agree with that, but I think it might it might benefit you, um, uh, depending on how you work with it, um, is that you have a lot of buildings in your current map that aren't being used, for example, like the mm -hmm. bank yeah. or like a brothel or something like that. Have you ever thought about the idea of releasing the source for that map so people can sort of have a skeleton and build upon that so that they can have different objectives within the same environment? Oh, so... 
so the uh, the future maps would still take place in the town of Shotgun, but okay. they would have their own kind of flair. Yeah, that that is actually a, a great idea. I think I'm going to actually send that to the cover. I'm a big <laughs> fan of that idea. Just so that people can already have the skeleton there, and they just drag and drop entities into you know their own sort of creations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and really, um, and we're noticing this, uh, you know, as we get more and more people playing, is uh, NPCs just having NPCs on the map. Um, create a lot of information that has to be sent over the wire. And I know that they, you know, with Left 4 Dead, for example, they did a lot of optimizations that, you know, we've yet to do and still kind of have to figure out uh, in order to get to that point where, uh, you know, we can have a lot of NPCs on the map without having, um, you know, a lot of network bandwidth being used up to, to you know, synchronize them between the client and the server. And th- something that might really help us out is to, is to come up with ways to, um, to have smaller, more contained maps, like you know what we're talking about, where you know the number of NPCs you have to have to ha- on the map to have the same effect is smaller, um, while still having areas you can drive around in and have the truck you know have meaning. And one thing that we've been throwing around is the idea of campaigns, um, similar um, to what you know what some of the other games out there are doing, is where we have a uh, a linked set of maps that have objectives and everything shared between them so for example you might have uh, you know the city being the hub and so you go from the city out into uh, out into the mines which is a new map and then you you accomplish your objectives in the mines and then come back and then maybe the city has changed a little bit so that you know so that you can open up and go to a different area which is a different map you know that way you have you can have a lot of areas and have wide you know a wide variety of things all connected but there's still you know, you can have a switch up between being away from the truck and then, you know, having to work in small confined areas and then being in wide open areas. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I think I think that'll work good. Um, and right now, are you ask, are are you finding a lot of custom maps in in the community right now? Are you finding a lot of servers where people are just playing around? I I I mean, I saw a server running its own custom map, and I wasn't sure how that was available. Uh, yeah, there's there's been a few. Um, we, I mean, we we released the uh, the FGD file, which has the uh, all the hammer ready entities to drop in. I think some people have been playing with it, kind of trying to figure out how to way things, how the way things work, and how they all interact. And I think some people maybe even decompiled the map that we sent out just to see how it goes. So yeah, I think there's been a few of those, not a ton that we've seen so far. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of people who seem really really um, excited about making maps for the mod. So I mean that that's great, and we we want to definitely oblige them in any way we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you guys are sort of a close knit team. There's only sort of three of you, and uh, then as you said, there's some people who come and go. So you can can you tell us a little bit about your development cycle and how you deal with sort of the distance? Um, for example, the Combra being in Australia and you guys being in the states. And how do you deal with something like that? And how should others deal with that? You know, other mod groups who are separated with such distance. Uh, you know, we we spend a lot of time in uh, the uh, the Steam chat rooms, and every chance we get, we're uh, we're just we're just sending ideas back and forth. Um, part of what makes it work, though, is that all three of us are very open to the new ideas. Um, so when Lacabra says, "I want to do this with my map," if I don't agree with it or if I don't think it's going to work, I still instead of shooting him down, we start firing ideas back and forth on how to make it work and how we can kind of come to an agreement. Um, but as far as that goes, it's 
as long as we keep just keep talking, um, it's it's been working out really well. There's the you know there's the time difference. We have to we have to sync up our times, and there have been uh, plenty of nights when Lacaver's just waking up at like you know it's ten o'clock here, and he's just waking up, and I'm staying up until four a.m. just so we can we can work together on something and get something done. But um, as long as you find a way to communicate and do a lot of it, it it'll work itself out. Yeah, it also requires uh, kind of everybody knowing where their role is and um, knowing who's in charge of what and, you know, making sure that's designated. So, uh, you know, if if Matt has a new model for me, for example, that needs some code, you know, that to work on it, you know, he 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 sends me all the information for it, you know, tells me, OK, here's the animations, um, you know, here you go. And then and it's and it's also the ability to work independently as well as as a team because you know you've got to be able to um you know just just dive into something and you know with you know with the information they gave you just just take off with it and it's worked for us i don't know if it would work for every mod team but i think uh the three of us um have enough skills that that overlap each other that we're able to to work around um you know the differences of you know we're all none of us are together you know we're all we're all in different states or different countries uh, on different time zones. And, you know, usually, you know, sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll try to get on and chat every day. Sometimes it's just emails and um, it, it's worked. And the idea is to, you know, like I said before, is just know how to work, uh, you know, where your, know where your roles are, be able to work independently and um, just be patient. You're not going to get it right the first time. And, uh, you know, don't jump on everybody's nerves because everybody's volunteering to do this anyway. So uh, don't make it harder than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Tommy? Mm, yes. Yeah, um, what was it? Coming? Coming? Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, we've, got, we've got enemy NPCs, zombies, obviously. Um, any thoughts to perhaps having some kind of neutral or friendly NPCs like I think it'd be just interesting even at the you know just at the very beginning of the map to have like that old coot running down like they're coming after me whiskey and then he's, like <laughs> gets pulled over and like killed like he has no value story wise whatsoever mm -hmm. but it would just be kind of funny to see the zombies interacting with other characters other than you like even that like even for like the first five minutes of the map the townspeople are getting killed off it'd be kind of funny um, but you can also make some of them useful, like you can put like one in a building somewhere and saying, you know, it's like the, the whore got trapped in a barn somewhere and she needs to make her way to work at the brothel because for whatever reason it's still operating in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> well, As it would, yeah, naturally. You've got like the triple, triple fanny hooker and she needs to get to work. I don't know, like any ideas perhaps for some supporting characters just to add to the, to the wall? Um, you know, we had ideas along those lines to start with. Um, we, we did want to make the town kind of come alive in ways like that and also use them as almost like an objective. Like, like, as you said, keep, keep character A alive long enough for character A to, you know, go say unlock a door or something like that. Um, as far as doing like these little cinematic things, the, uh, the issue that we've kind of noticed is that people don't stay completely together in our map they, they all work towards the same goal but um you know you'll have like three guys over at the truck keeping zombies off it you'll have four guys over here actually you know pulling the the booze back um so to do these little contained 
cinematics like that uh i don't think would would help us all that much although i would like to uh i do think it would be a great idea to have a little bit of chaos and destruction just as you're entering the town of zombies you know jumping on guys killing them i think that yeah. would actually do a lot to make the town feel a little bit more alive perhaps i didn't communicate that properly like, i didn't mean like cinematics to like stop the game and you watch just like random like civilians that just say that they have like um city 17 civilian code built into them so they react mm -hmm. being attacked but you might just drive by like it's not something that stops the gameplay it's just you know isolated things going on throughout sure. the game and if you happen to be there you'll see the interaction it's nothing scripted or anything and then of course you give them a whole bunch of ridiculous lines to say when they get attacked <laughs> like it would be you know not nothing nothing as complex as cinematics like people well, uh, I mean, yeah, with anything, we still need to uh, to work out where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Um, but I, I still think that in order for it to, you know, make this, the town feel alive, you need people to witness. I, I do like the idea. I'm just not sure if it's if it's going to help us as much as, you know, the time that we're going to need to put into it. Well, yeah, well, and, and, the, and the point is, yeah, it's all the balance issue is... Um, you know, love the idea. I mean, we, we uh, you know, as, as Matt was saying, we, we were toying with ideas of, you know, how to, how to make it a little bit more alive instead of just a big desolate town with uh, zombies in it. Um, and I think the point, the point we're at now is um, let's see what we can do as far as uh, improving the core gameplay and, and, uh, you know, doing that, those kind of things that, because, you know, once again, we're, you know, a bunch of guys with not a whole lot of time to invest in the mob. We're going to invest in as much as we can into it. Um, and, you know, st stuff that has to be supported by extra code and extra models and stuff like that, we're, we're looking at, you know, where does it balance? Where does it fit in? Later on, you know, as we, as we get the core stuff figured out and uh, kind of have a solid, solid game base, you know, what, what do we do to add to it? You know, definitely stuff like that. We're we're all over. What uh, one thing that that Nick Nick is actually asking is uh, how will the development of your mod change when the Left 4 Dead SDK comes out? Are you guys thinking about moving over to the Left DK and create or Left 4 Dead and creating a, a mod on top of Left 4 Dead since they already have that? You know, millions of zombies, horde code yeah. initiated. Or... <laughs> it all depends on what's there. Um, you know. It's depending on how the how the SDK is set up and what's available, because you know the the vehicle code is really the only thing that might stop us from going in that direction. Depending on how difficult it would be to integrate within within the rest of the SDK, haven't seen it yet. Don't know all that much about it. Um, you know, we'll kind of we'll we'll hit that when once it comes out. We'll take a look at it and see see what's available, what we can do with it. Um, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll stay with what we're doing um, and, and make the best of it. Maybe we'll make the move. Uh, it's yet to be determined. Yeah. Um, one thing that Emmanuel would definitely ask if it was he was here. He always stresses on the point that uh, you know you can tell when people are really having fun developing a mod mm -hmm. and not doing it, you know, sort of as a job. And we can we can tell from Podcast Seventeen that you guys are definitely having fun. How do you guys keep it sort of a friendly, fun environment instead of, you know, you come home from school, you come home from work, and you got to work on this mod, you got to get something done? Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I, th I think from the outset, the outset was let's make something that we would have fun playing. Whether or not the, you know, everybody else on the internet thought it was great is secondary. Let's just do something that we'd want to have fun with because, you know, really it started out as 
we're a bunch of people who are game enthusiasts and we want to make a mod. Um, let's just do something. Let's get it out there and, and see what happens. And, you know, if, if at the end of it, we could scrape enough people together to play a full map, you know, a couple times a week to us, it was uh, that, that was mission accomplished. And, you know, having other people out there want to play it too and have fun with it is, is bonus as far as we're concerned. And, uh, Maybe one of my last questions, uh, unless Thomas says anything, is um, for each of you individually. Aaron, can you maybe tell us um, what are what's maybe the hardest thing working in Source um, for you, and how you sort of overcome that? Yeah, well, Source. Um, you know, before I started this, I knew I knew some C. You know, I I, I program professionally. Um, you know, I work as a consultant. I do programming all all the time, but not a whole lot of stuff directly in C, which is all the, you know, what all the, um, the source engine is built in. And um, it required a lot of time. You know, I would say for all of us, 60% of not more of our time was just sitting at fiddling with stuff, trying to figure out how it all worked. And uh, definitely for me, if not more, was just having the, um, just having the commitment to, you know, you can figure out how it's done. Um, let's just get in there and, and figure out, you know, find out where, what you need to change to make this work. And it's a lot of trial and error. Um, the, I don't think there was any specific thing in the source engine that caused me trouble. Other, it's just a lot of, I mean, the mod, the mod is a lot of assembly of a lot of different ideas, a lot of somewhat minor change, some major changes in some areas. Uh, I mean, we're not fundamentally subverting what the source engine does. We're kind of just working on top of what's already there and tweaking it a little bit to our needs. And, um, you know, it's it's really just having that commitment to sit down uh, day after day to just, you know, you might you might spend hours and not get anything done because you're just trying to figure out how it all works. And that's that's just part of the part of the job, because, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of documentation out there. There's a lot of people who who have worked with it and know about it, but you know, you could you could have done tons of stuff in one area and not touched another, and you know it's just a whole library of things you don't know uh, on top of what you've already done. And it's it's uh, it's a huge engine, and there's a lot of work put into it, and there's a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, you just you just got to have that tenacity to sit there and say, you know, I'm going to get this done, I, whether it takes a day or a week or a month. I'm just going to keep plugging away at it. And Matt, how about you? Um, you know, like. Like uh, Aaron said, it's a lot of it is going to be just learning the mo or learning the engine. Um, and as I said before, the, I I had trouble finding a lot of documentation on Maya to source conversions. Um, so I spent the vast majority of my time just not only learning but also going through the uh, the QC files, that's the compile files that were given by valve and figuring out you know how those work what i need to do um finding the tools was you know almost impossible um but it you know a whole lot of trial and error the only other thing that i i really had trouble with i mean and this this is more of the mod than the the engine was just the volume of things that needed to get done i mean not only weapon models but you know all the props because the map's so big um it all just needs to be um, let's see, as, as Newman there said, it was all done from love. Um, we just, we wanted to see it get done. We put a, uh, we put a ton of work into it and, uh, you know, three guys, it was a big workload. It's still a big workload, but you know, we're, we're just enjoying ourselves. We're just trying to keep it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, and my 
my last question, I guess, is if for any mod developers out there listening, what would you like to say to them, or what would be your one piece of advice to them? Uh, Aaron, you first. Yeah, I <laughs> just is keep at it. That that's it. Just just keep at it. Um, it it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen maybe a week or a month. You know, it is um, start slow. Uh, figure out what you can do now, and, and make an idea of you know decide okay this is what we're going to do right now we'll get that working we'll worry about the other stuff later and just and just keep on it um because it, it's it's tough stuff it's not easy to do especially you know when you have otherwise busy lives and you're doing this on the side as a hobbyist um you know, it, it can get daunting at times um just take it one day at a time and and keep it you know keep it on the up and up don't uh, don't get hard down hard on everybody, you know, else if they're not contributing or pulling their weight, you know, it's everybody else has got lives. They got to live and, uh, you know, just be flexible. Keep on working at it. Eventually you get something out there. I think, yeah, for me, the most important thing to, to just keep this going was to keep it fun. Um, there were, there were plenty of times when I, I had to get, you know, this huge list of props done. It's just like, you know, I got to do, I got to do a, a bottle and I got to do a, a mailbox and a fence and this and that. And it's all, it's just like, you know, one thing after the other. And I had to kind of stop and be like, well, you know, I want to model this, you know, just, just do something fun to get, to bring back the fun of doing whatever it is you do. Um, and then you can kind of use that momentum to keep going. Uh, if the, if the fun isn't there, then the passion to keep it going isn't there. And that's mainly what you need. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I have to say that the mailbox, shooting ammo is quite possibly the greatest thing I've seen in any mod. Honestly, that was literally the last thing we put in the mod. That, that was every, every time, every single time I, I show somebody the this mod. And as soon as we get in sort of the, the basement sort of area of the, uh, the, the weapons store or whatnot, I'm always like, stop here. You got to fool around with this mailbox. You got to use this mailbox and you'll see the little thing come up and then the ammo will come out. Like, I, I just love it. I don't know why I love it so much. I think it's just so comical and fun. So. I just want to take a second to uh, have the uh, the players of Shotgun Sunrise take a quick look at the uh, the envelope that gets stuck in the in the mailbox there that was done entirely by my girlfriend, who is a graphic designer, and she just did a hilarious job on it. All right. Well, um, actually, we're talking in chat right now, and uh, we're actually going to, after this podcast, after we tear down, um, we are going to all play Shotgun Sunrise because I know there's some people who want to play Shotgun Sunrise. So everybody in chat, and uh, for those who are listening late, well, it's to be you. You didn't listen live. We're going to play Shotgun Sunrise after after the podcast, and we'll get it all sorted out. So just stay in chat. Um, lastly, where can people go to play or to play? Where can people go to find more information about Shotgun Sunrise? Obviously, the uh, the mod DB. Uh, Shotgun Sunrise page, but also I would try to get people to join the the Penny Arcade forums and find our uh, our thread there because we actually spent a lot of time of detailing almost everything we've done for the mod on those forums in the uh, the Shotgun Sunrise thread. Yeah, that's where the I, I think the core community for the game is is located at. Um, we were working on a um, we'll, we'll be getting a website up with you know general information screenshots and download links and things like that we uh we do have shotgunsunrise.com so that's will be the that will be the home in the near future but for now uh the mod db page and the penny arcade thread yeah yeah of course 
All right, so um, I think that is the end of the show, and uh, I'd like to thank you guys for coming on, definitely. Coming on sort of last minute, too. I asked you, I think, on Friday or Thursday or something. <laughs> Thanks for being so flexible. Oh, no problem. And uh, thank you, Thomas, for coming on, as always. Thank you. Dude, we should do, like, a high five. Hold on, my left. Like, right here. Uh, okay, this side? Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Extra good <laughs> Come back a little bit. Go with this. Wait, you're you're not doing a high five. What? Do a high five. High five me. No, I think you're. How am I supposed to high five you? You're over here somewhere. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> anyway, um, thanks, Thomas, for being on the show, and Nick, obviously. Nick did the the whole live website. I know it's a little bit buggy right now. We're, we need a new chat, but uh, Nick set this all up within a week. So thank you, Nick. You did you did awesome. Good job, Nick. We we all need to give Nick a round of applause. Because he did awesome. <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody who's tuning in live. And uh, I guess we will see you next week.